social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. How are you feeling? You're a little giggly. I'm a little delirious. I feel like I am running on prime Thursday energy right yeah, now. I, I don't agree. know if anyone else can relate. There's so much happening. I don't even know where to begin. Running on Thursday energy without the relief of Friday, Friday. tomorrow. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. All right. So this weekend, I got really invested in Mimojis. 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 <laughs> I'm not Mario. <laughs> Mimoji. <laughs> So I got really invested in it because I was reading earlier in the week about everything that Apple released at the developers conference. And one of the updates that's coming in the new iOS is face masks for your Memoji. Okay, I want to talk about this because during COVID, wearing the face masks, you know, when you're in the store and you're like trying to pass someone or maybe someone like bumps into you and normally you'd give them like a little like smirky smile like, oh, excuse me. You can't do that with the face masks, and so it just looks well, like people are all, glaring at you. First of all, no one should be bumping into you in the grocery store, so you, that's a little concerning. You know what I mean. It happens. Yes, but I understand ex- the sentiment. But we've been um, practicing s- practicing smizing. smizing. Thank you, Tyra Banks. Yeah. And we, we've been like raising our eyebrows really high and throwing up the peace sign and just like, <laughs> and uh the memoji has yeah. one with the peace sign yeah and the mask and, mask. and i will we'll shortly have the yeah mask. they will so i'm gonna use that frequently I know. I know shifting gears to tiktok yes there is currently i'm using air quotes here an adpocalypse happening you know across all the platforms there's craziness in advertising across the social media space right now a lot of privacy issues a lot of privacy issues so when are there not (laughs) also true so tiktok has said that it will remove a feature which reads data from the clipboard on user devices as they use tiktok so a recent ios update actually exposed the practice because when you go to paste your message somewhere a little pop-up comes up to say where you copied it from Mm -hmm. and that started appearing within tiktok and technically TikTok should not be allowed to read to that, that yeah. from you. Yeah, slightly concerning. They've they've stopped it. That's no longer something that they are collecting data from. I copy some weird stuff. It's just TikTok's kind of- gonna know my grocery list. <laughs> Your the tweet that you drafted but didn't actually exactly. tweet. <laughs> okay, I already said this, but there's a lot going on in the social media sphere right now. And that's something that our guest today, Mm. Jory Evans, knows all too well. She is a social media strategist at Groupon, and we have a great conversation with her because she is in it. She is experiencing all of the craziness of the platforms through coronavirus, through Black Lives Matter, and now the hashtag Stop Hate for Profit campaign, um, which we mentioned last week, where advertisers are being encouraged to pull their spend from Facebook for the month of July. So last week we talked about how Patagonia, REI, had already pulled all, the North Face had already pulled their ads. This week we're looking at so many more. Levi's is on the list. We know Diageo, Coca-Cola, Starbucks, a handful of our clients have also pulled. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And Facebook actually released their kind of POV today, their response, I guess I should say. Um, Very, very dense. (laughs) So recommend you go check it out. But they're also um, holding some roundtables with agencies and internal brand teams to kind of 
address their questions and be more vocal about the steps that they are taking to keep the platform safe. We'll see, you know, if it's all talk, but um, definitely looking grim right now for Facebook. Definitely. I'm also really excited for you all to hear how badass Jory really is. Um, She shares such a compelling story about how she leveraged Groupon's channels to amplify black voices and is continuing to do so across, you know, Groupon's channels. So take a listen. Here's Jory. Okay, so ring, ring, ring. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you watching? I don't know. Okay. Hello, Jory. Hey. Hi, welcome to the show. I'm so excited for you guys to have me. Let's jump in then. What is your favorite social network? I have to say I love TikTok right now because everything else is so depressing. TikTok <laughs> is the happiest place. TikTok is the happiest place on earth. It's true. <laughs> okay. What is your go-to emoji? Oh, mine's the crying laughing emoji, always. Mm-hmm. So you just answered this one, but I did do some social media stalking and saw you're very active on Twitter <laughs> as well. So the question is Twitter or TikTok? Oh God, Twitter for sure. I'm on it all the time. Stories or feed? Ooh feed. I love a good Twitter thread. I don't Mm. know. I feel like I'm in the minority of that. Okay. What Instagram ad can you not get rid of? Oh my God. That's a great question. So I've been buying almost everything that Instagram has been serving me during (laughs) COVID. So so they keep keep disappearing. However, there's the one for like the neck. Um, It's like a neck swing that like stretches you. Oh, and it has been serving up to me for the past three months and there's just, I'm going to have to pull the trigger soon because I, it, it won't go away. I think I have to have it. Now I feel like I need it. <laughs> well, now that we just talked about it, you guys are going to get some ads soon. So don't worry. <laughs> okay. What is your favorite meme? You know, I have to say it's one that we actually made, which is not to toot my own horn at all, <laughs> but we created the mom from Mean Girls where she says like, I'm not a cool mom mm-hmm. like, or I'm a cool mom. And he changed it to, I'm a cool brand. So like when people get upset with us responding to them, we're always like, well, we're the cool brand. Like we're responding to you on Twitter. Like we're the cool ones. I love I don't know. brands that have like <laughs> custom response <laughs> memes yeah. or gifts or whatever for community management. I think so too. It makes it more fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Last one for the speed round. It's 2005 and you're on MySpace. What song is playing on your profile? Oh my God. Did I have like yellow card Ocean Avenue? Oh, like, I definitely some, had that I think at it one was point. Like that. It, it's totally whatever was playing on like Laguna Beach or yep. the OC. Like it was something in that realm for sure. You are p- preaching to the choir. Sorry, I feel like we need to hang out. That's, that's all we do is <laughs> watch those shows. <laughs> How do we transition this into a professional interview now? <laughs> Okay, so let's jump into your career and really how you got to where you are today. I mean, I want to preface with like getting into social, especially right now or where when I started, was that there wasn't any social ladder. Like I came into college with having an EDU, um, not to like age myself, but like I had to have an EDU address to get into Facebook. Mm -hmm. So social really wasn't existing much yet. It wasn't existing in digital marketing classes when I was in college. Um, But I knew it was coming. We all knew it was coming. We just didn't know to what extent. And um, I studied communications in college. The iPhone came out my senior year. Um, and I was bartending to, you know, instantly start paying those student loans off. <laughs> and I had a, a friend that I was working with who had a jewelry store and he had been, he'd been around for years and years and years, really well known. And he wanted to expand his business to other parts of Chicago. So different neighborhoods, 
So I started to work for him. And I also asked in my interview, like, do you have any social presence? And he said, no. And so part of my deal to work with him at this jewelry store to start designing jewelry was that I would set up all of his entire social presence, his online presence, start getting his jewelry online, everything. Um, And so I did that for two more of his stores. I worked for him for five years, really built up how to do social scrappy with when I say scrappy, I mean zero dollars, which happens right. to I would say ninety percent yep. of people in social. And like, like teaching yourself as it go as you go and as social media grows along the way. Yeah, exactly. And figuring out how to do photography, what the free apps are, how you grow a social media following. Especially this was before like you know this was before people could start buying followers right. to give them that cloud yeah. at first too. And then decided to um, move to Austin, Texas, to be a marketing director for a company. It was a uh, ironically, it was a vintage and jewelry, uh, estate jewelry website. Oh. Um, so like my worlds kind of collided yeah. in the best way possible. And, um, I did that for a year and a half and then moved to Seattle to go work with Microsoft, which was like a huge 180. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Complete difference. <laughs> some fun places yeah. though. Austin, Seattle. <laughs> yeah. yeah lay of the land. Was, <laughs> lay of the land. Totally. Austin was very hot. Like Seattle was great, but you know, you go from being really scrappy to a one woman show to a company that right. has all the all the budget in the world, all of the red tape in the world, right. all of the accessibility to do everything. But, you know, to make a decision for social, it's much more fun whenever it's a small scrappy team as opposed to an entirely <laughs> huge, massive company, right? Yeah. Like so after Microsoft, um, I wanted to get back to Chicago. It's where I'm from. And uh, Groupon hired me. They had really kind of forgotten about their social media presence over the past couple of years. Um, and they wanted to bring it back and they wanted to bring it back globally. Um, and they were starting to think about rebranding, re-strategizing what the brand voice would be, um, and really kind of who Groupon will be moving forward into the future. Um, and that just sounded like such a great opportunity that granted Groupon's a big name. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to go back to like a big name brand that had some clout, but was also given like the scrappy background of working for a really small business. I'm sure it's interesting too, going from the scrappiness you experienced at the beginning of your career and kind of coming full circle, having the experience under your belt and then using that moving forward at Groupon, I'm sure it's fun to build that strategy and again, just use that thought leadership. Sometimes that like sense of freedom is the best part in in doing social. I think you touched on it already is like that autonomy to make decisions and act quickly is really what a lot of people look for in roles. And we get to do it a lot in social. And I think that's sometimes overlooked. So I'm glad you shared that. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I was we were I was talking to our CCO and he said something like, you know, well, it only takes us if it's a bad tweet or, you know, it only takes a screenshot. It can totally take a company down. And I'm like, look. It will take somebody five minutes from ad age to find my name attached to whatever came out on our social feeds. <laughs> and that's my career. Activity. Right. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I, I was like, I need you to understand and trust that I also know what what's at stake by being able to have this. Right. This entire, you know, this huge honor of being able to to have instant interaction with our community, you know, and, and I don't think sometimes people in leadership kind of carry the two a little bit. And I think you know, people that are on Twitter and people that follow think we're just interns. Yeah. And it's like, trust us. Like if, if, if brands wanted to hand their, like their social stuff to just interns, like they, you know, they've got to kind of refigure that out. Like it's, 
it's a totally different world right. now. You, you touch on a big theme of what we wanted to talk about in this episode is that being a social media manager, you have a lot of responsibility, um, especially mm-hmm. right now where brands are turning to social to kind of provide their stance on issues like Black Lives Matter or how they're responding to COVID. And social media is the place where consumers are going to get that information. So tell us a little bit about how it's been for you during this time, having that responsibility and pressure to make sure that message is coming out the right way from the Groupon channels. This has been, I have to say, like the past month, I would say has been the most challenging of my career and probably I would say the most rewarding in in so many different ways. Um, So I think what really happened, and it's a really interesting story. And I, and I, I don't want to take away from the impact of COVID and how crazy that time mm-hmm. was. It is, it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're just right. living in it now. It's it's daily. But what happened was um, was timing. I got really, I got really lucky, and I got really ballsy all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it. I'm like rubbing my hands together. I, yeah. Let's hear the story. <laughs> like I really have to like preface with like this is not an easy thing for anybody to do, and and I and it's like I don't want anyone to ever think like you just snap your fingers and stuff happens. Like, right. It's hard. And I know social media managers feel this every day of feeling like they are yelling into the void for people to listen. Um, And it's hard because they're like, you know, so I'll just jump in and tell you what happened was um, I was watching over the weekend right after George Floyd had been killed. And I was thinking, you know, it wasn't even top of mind of what brands were doing. But then Nike came out and said something. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, Nike comes out there's going to be more. Mm -hmm. And I started just kind of tracking and just listening during the weekend. And I started emailing like my RVP of brand and saying like, all right, putting it on your radar. Let's just watch this. So a couple of days pass, we get in the office on Monday and I'm like, all right, look, this is what we need to do. And we talk about how brands are, you know, donating money or they're making a statement, what brands are screwing up already, you know, who's putting their foot in their mouth. What don't we do? And what was hard was we had just furloughed a bunch of people in our company. And so we're sitting there and I'm going, we can't write a check. Right. Authentically, we cannot, because we cannot do that to our employees that are waiting, waiting to get back. We cannot do that to the people that we just laid off. Like that was a community. That's our family. Like you put that first. But what can we do that's actually authentic to Groupon community, our business owners? What can we, what do we have to offer? And then I said, we have 22 million followers globally. Let's give them the stage of all of our social channels to talk about anything. Mm -hmm. Let's give social clout. That's what we can offer. We can have voices heard for like a positive change. Right. And so instantly that just like lit the match. We called it hashtag pass the mic. And we wanted it to be very clear that we weren't censoring anything. Groupon wasn't the focus of this at all. That, you know, you had the floor to talk about your personal stories. If you wanted to educate, you know, we built the plane while we were flying it. Mm -hmm. We didn't really know how this was going to go. So it gets pitched to senior leadership. And the collective response was it didn't really land. Like they didn't get it. So here you are again, trying to explain how social media works. (laughs) Yes. And I am like, what is there to not get? The thing with social is that it might not get you the ROI, but that's really not what's important about social and your brand. What's really important is doing the right thing because it's the right thing Mm -hmm. to do. And in our day and age with especially millennials, brand loyalty is few and far between for us. But if you stand for something... Our generation is more likely to utilize you because you stand for something. And Gen Z even more so. 
Yes, absolutely. Gen Z even more so. And especially right now with, you know, our community of business owners really hurting through COVID. Yeah. You know, we didn't want to alienate anybody either. So, you know, I'm not here to show you graphs of like, if this is going to make us money or not, I'm here to tell you that this is the right thing to do. And so what happened was it got shelved for a minute for like 12 hours and we had a diversity and inclusion forum. I didn't think I had never gone to one of these before via Zoom. And it was, you could like raise your hand and you would be put in line on this call and you could tell your stories. And a, mm-hmm. and a lot of it was our, was a lot of like our black employees talking about their experiences. And it was like, it was real. It was heart wrenching. There was about a thousand people on this call globally. Wow. Um, and it was a big stage of, of vulnerability. And, and I had never really seen anything like it. And I, I sat there and the more that they talked the more it was brought up of why haven't we done something on social? Mm-hmm. Why hasn't the company wow. said something? And I was just getting like, I was getting enraged because I wasn't taking it so much personally that it was, I was doing a bad job. I was do, I was going, I'm doing my job. I'm mm-hmm. doing exactly what I'm supposed to do, but I have somebody standing in my way right now. This is the right thing to do. The company is telling you this is the right thing to do. So I raised my hand and I was like, I'm just going to say something at this point. And so it was like my turn and the camera's on. And, you know, it's like, you don't, you don't know a thousand people are watching you. Right? Yeah. You have no idea. And all of a sudden I just said, I'm Jory. Like I introduced myself, Rants, I run social. I want to explain to you why there hasn't been anything that's come up. And I said, we've had something ready to go since Monday, early Tuesday morning. It's been sitting with senior leadership. And I want to tell you right now, it's been 10 days since George Floyd has been killed and we have done nothing. I am so disappointed in this leadership team. We have done nothing. I'm so disappointed in X, Y, Z because we have done nothing. And I just kind of laid into it, but it, it wasn't in like a, I, I truly, honestly, looking back, I blacked out but <laughs> on, on the side of the zoom thing. There's a chat and I just kept seeing it light up and it was like, plus one, plus one, keep going, keep talking. Amazing. And I just kind of had this adrenaline and yeah. I was like, we need to do something because it's the right thing to do. We have something ready to go. We need to say something all of a sudden, like it, we got finished, we got done. And all of a sudden, like my Slack blew up, the chief technology officer pings me and he's like, that's really, I totally agree with you, blah, blah, blah. And I think I did. I did also say on the call, I'm also really disappointed that it's all white people on our senior leadership team. And we don't have nearly enough people of color that have a seat at the table in larger jobs in this company, you know, and, and, and that's not, a, a secret. You go on our, our webpage, it's there. It's, it's right. right in front of you. So, you know, I don't, I don't hesitate to say it's, it's all white people, mostly white men. And I felt true also that I wasn't looking for, this might be controversial, but I wasn't looking for a white man's permission mm-hmm. of, of on this. I just wasn't. And I, and I felt like, I don't need, I don't want your permission on this. Like, I don't, I shouldn't have to have it on this. I don't need you to understand this. I need you to just say, okay. Nonetheless, three hours later, um, past the mic was approved. Wow. We went live within 14 hours of that. And we, we were the first people to, we were the first brand to offer our social platforms up right after us, Wendy's who ended up getting into some controversy for it. They wanted, they started to say they were going to amplify black, um, black voices. We had share the mic now, which was through yeah. a bunch of different celebrities. They mm-hmm. started that three days after, uh, Amy Schumer and Julia Louis-Dreyfus did hashtag pass the mic. So that like gave us a great boost in impressions and it just took off. I mean, and there was, there was no backlash. I mean, there was some disagreement on Facebook mm-hmm. and things like that. But the whole point is, is that our demographic, a lot of it is different middle America, small town, 
where they might not follow these types of social accounts that are explaining the type of, you know, what Juneteenth actually is, where racism stems from. They're seeing some of this for the first time coming from you. Yeah, exactly. And that's how we've really kind of framed the program when we talk to everybody that wants to be a part of it, which is the list is long and overwhelming. But we say like, we get what you want to talk about. We don't want to censor you. But to give you an idea of like a lens to look at this, look at it as a you're talking to a group of people that have never heard about this for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the reaction has been like, I never knew this. We had a, his- right. a couple of historians saying we never covered this. I can't believe I've in all my 65 years, I never knew things like this. And it's also given us a really great way to on how to talk even to like our business owners via zoom and hear their stories. That's what I was, I was just going to ask if you could tell us a little bit about some of the stories um, that you're sharing on Pass the Mic for maybe some listeners who haven't browsed the Groupon page yet. Whose voices are you sharing and what are they talking about? Yeah, so we have, it's a, so we didn't, there's no like credentials. There's no guidelines on who you need to be to be on this. That was the other part. You don't have to mm-hmm. have your business on Groupon. You don't have to have any affiliation with Groupon whatsoever because honestly, we don't want you to talk about Groupon. Like that's not the point. Right. We don't right. We want to be very far away from this. We want to help you create your assets. So like if you need something from our design team, um, if you need video, we will create, we will get your story looking nice and pretty, but that's, that's the extent of it. We're just lending you our services mm-hmm. essentially. Um, and so the different types of people we've had have been, um, so Dr. Jewel, um, Dr. Jewel Jackson, she lives in LA and she actually is a Groupon merchant. She runs African Soul International. And what it is, is she works with kids in the community, come to her to dance. And what she does is she teaches them like a sense of self and they do it through dance and they do it through music. And she actually pivoted during all of this because she can't do her dance classes to making masks out of kintacloth. And on top of it, she's an educator. She's a teacher. And we sat on Zooms with her. She sat outside. She's got these palm trees behind her. And I think we sat total like maybe four and a half hours with her. And that's not including filming um, of her telling us these stories and comparisons and things, stories of her growing up. She's an example of one, a merchant that, that it worked out that she was on Groupon. We didn't highlight her Groupon. So we decided to highlight uh, organizations that would benefit her dance troupe to get like, you know, spaces outside so they can continue classes, things that they'll Love need that. to continue classes yeah. in other ways. Um and then we have people like that are, cause community is a big deal for Groupon. We do a lot of volunteer outreach. And so we thought, um, we talked to Troy LaRavier. He's the, um, head of the principals association and he lives in Chicago. He ran for mayor a couple of years ago and he's also an educator. And we had him do three days leading up to, um, Juneteenth and talking about how you dismantle, uh, racism. Where does racism come from? What are all of, um, you know, this, this, he, he laid it out like an educational course yeah. and we're, and we're sitting there going, okay, so this could go in a Twitter thread. This, we need to copy <laughs> and take like these assets. This would be great on Facebook. And so we're, and we kind of like had to like do this whole puzzle in real time. Yeah. I love that you shared that. And I actually want to go back to something that you talked about a little earlier about the specific responses on the networks more specifically. So I want to hear a little bit more about how your community has been actively responding to these um, past the mic posts. Yeah. So Facebook, I have to say, has been the most, you know, I would say our demographic is definitely a little bit older. I would say it's more white women, um, white men um, that we see. We see 
a much larger black following on Twitter. Um, Instagram, you know, Instagram just isn't as engaging in comments, you know, like, like, tw uh, Twitter and Facebook are, um, I will say Facebook was really shocking at first, yeah. um, because it was a really hot topic, you know, yeah. so yeah. everyone had an opinion. We were kind of like, let's sit back and wait and see. There was one where, you know, there was somebody that came in real hot and it was, it wasn't that she had a different opinion is that it was, she was a racist bully, like troll. And mm. we just gave her a simple, but like she said that she was leaving us, like she was a customer that was going to leave. Mm -hmm. And we just said a simple bye, Marsha, like, bye. Wow. <laughs> and she was on her way. And it just kind of was like, that's, that's okay too. Like if you're not, if you don't want to read this or see this, like the other great part of social is you have the opportunity to not follow us anymore. Right. Right. But you know, we're not going to keep, make you look at this. You can definitely unfollow us. Like, we're sorry to see you go, but we've also seen people saying, and I would say the 90% of the responses, thank you for doing this. You know, you're up there with Ben and Jerry's as far as like putting your mouth, like you're not doing this for just a day. You've been doing this yeah. for weeks now. Um, I never knew this. The, the responses as it keeps going have, have gotten more and more positive, not negative. And, and maybe it's because those people have unfollowed us. That's probably part of the case. Right. But I have to say too, we haven't, we, we've probably broken even on gaining and losing followers in this, but our engagements mm. have been through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on this content. So we know, we know the content is reading, we're reading the room really well in terms right. of what people are really looking for. And it feels a lot better than creating like a quarantine bingo card <laughs> that we were doing. <laughs> I was going to say, I, it sounds like you're really listening to your audience and remembering like how important it is to connect with the community. I think a lot of times on social, going back to what you said earlier, you know, thinking about, well, what's the ROI of this? Or how do we get the brand in here? It's not about that. If customers and your followers are, you know, ha happy to be your customer. Exactly. The, the payoff is the community. Yeah. And when you said like how people are engaging in reaction, and I think you're no longer having to jump in as a brand to keep a conversation going to say like, you know, like everyone had used to have those like boilerplates of like, I remember at Microsoft, it would be like, what's your favorite part of the product? Like, thanks for yeah. engaging, you know? And it was like, <laughs> yes. oh my God, like this is so tacky. Whereas now it's like, we have people saying goodbye to Marsha's all the time now. We don't have to say goodbye <laughs> to any of these people. Like the, they're the doing it for you. <laughs> yeah. The community now does it for us. We sit back and we just go, let's just let them talk, let them engage. And, and that's what's happening now. And that's, that's, that's the dream is that you are creating positive conversation. And granted, it's on a group on website, but that's not the point. It, the point is, is bringing people together to talk about a common interest um, and building that community and that brand loyalty and the brand awareness comes after the fact. But nobody wants to be sold to. We're sold to 24-7, right. you know, like let's do something different. I'm curious how this will inform your social strategy for Groupon moving forward. Have you started to think at all about what this looks like in the next coming months? We have. And so what's interesting is with Stop Hate for Profit, um, which is, you know, all the, the, a lot of big businesses are starting to come out and say, we're going to start yep. pulling our ad spend from Facebook and Instagram until like they basically get their shit together because it's mm -hmm. just off the rails. Like they need to put some guardrails in we're going to pull money, which is great. You know, like you, you use your, your checkbook to make change if you can. Mm. And we've been talking about it and we haven't, we haven't put any pay. So on top of pass the mic, we have not put any paid spend behind it, mm -hmm. um, which is a blessing and a curse, right? Like 
it's doing so well that I'm afraid I'll never get a budget now because I've done so well without any money. For, for right. So it's that's like, a valid concern. Of, it is, right? They're like, oh, great. You can do this with no money. Like, keep doing what you're doing. Like, yeah. and, and then there's the, the other part, which is like middle funnel stuff, which is like, you know, the stuff that we push out with paid for like goods and experiences. We obviously align, you know, if, we, if we're so on board and loud about Black Lives Matter. Obviously, we're right. aligned with Stop Hate for Profit. However, we are also trying to use Facebook and these platforms for what they should be used, which is positive change. But even in like the long term of social, there's anything that I've really learned and and you know a benefit in a in a I use that word very loosely with COVID. The the benefit of working from home due to this whole terrible thing that is happening is that we have learned how to pivot and how to become very efficient yeah. in a very yeah. fast time. We no longer have our studio. We no longer have, you know, days on end for production. We've learned how to create things, you know, via Zoom um, in our living rooms. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we've learned, we used to say, oh my God, it's so hard to get to know our merchants and the small businesses because you take you have to have a production team, go to a different city and it costs all this money. Right. And how are we going to do it? And then all of a sudden, we're all trapped in our houses and we're just hopping on Zoom yep. and filming. And and we're like, well, that was easier than expected. Right. <laughs> um, and these stories are great. And we're all making fast friends with all of these people all over the country. Um, and so we want to tell those stories. I mean, like these people, you know, everyone has a, has a different experience, has a different human experience. And I think especially right now, everyone's looking for common ground with people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of these different stories kind of bring together is you, you, you see a piece of yourself in a lot of these stories with people you might not have ever crossed paths right. with before. Right. And that is definitely going to continue to be a content pillar of ours. That's great. We're so excited about it now. It, it's such a different world we're in. And, and I have to really give credit to, you know, the team for just saying like, let's just, let's just do it. Let's just build the plane while we're flying. We're going to figure this out. And yep. I've been really lucky to have such a great, great team. I'm thinking about that moment when you were in the Zoom with a thousand people and you raised your hand. And I'm sure I can't imagine what was going through your mind, but that act probably inspired people within those thousand, the thousand people within that room. And definitely hearing that story just inspires me to speak up more and push for what I believe in, even when I know it's going to be met with resistance. Um, And I'm hoping that other people who listen to this episode feel the same way. That's the sweetest note. I think so too. And like, if you need a cheerleader to like tell you to do it, like find me on Twitter and I will, I will pump you up. I will be like your cheerleader and like, it's scary, but it's the right thing to do. And I've had a couple friends who have been inspired to do it. And like, it's the payoff is worth it. And if you know, in your gut, it's the right thing to do. Like you keep pushing keep pushing. Thank you so much for sharing this. Yeah. Again, like screw, like I told the CCO after all this was said and done, I was like, I'm not giving you 30 page slides anymore to explain my point to you. I will send you a postcard and you're just going to have to trust me. (laughs) You're like, you'll see it on Instagram and you'll like it. (laughs) (laughs) You're just going to deal. You're just going to (laughs) deal. I love it. Okay. Thank you so, so, so much for talking to us. This was so oh wonderful. And I hope so everyone is leaving me. this episode inspired. You better yes. be. <laughs> you, you better. <laughs> I've never felt 
so seen working in social media. <laughs> everything she said was relatable to me, and I feel like everything we said she related to of yeah. just the life working in social. I know. It's always so nice to talk to people who just get it. And I mean, you said it at the end of the interview. I think it's so impressive, and I'm so inspired by how badass she was just to raise her hand and yeah. say, like, this is what I want to do. I think it's right. Well, I, no, also, I know it's right, yeah. and I'm going to do it. I love that she was like, this has been sitting with leadership. Like, oh, she was I know. not afraid to call people out and stand her ground. For sure. So Jory name dropped this brand in her interview, and we're going to use it as a social account you should follow this week. And that account is Ben & Jerry's, which is being deemed as the only good brand left <laughs> in the world. I think they're doing a really great job at capturing really political content in a way in which it's digestible for their everyday consumer. So whether it's their stance on Black Lives Matter, defunding the police, voting, voting. I mean, they had stuff about the primary elections that were happening um, just last week. I mean, yeah, they're a self-named aspiring social justice company. And we've, you know, it's in the roots of the brand. So it definitely makes sense. All right, All right folks. Go get some ice cream. We're out. See you next week. All the social ladies. 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 Now put your phones up.